Um, let's pray before we go further. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can be here today. We are so grateful uh, just that you've given us a place to meet, that you've given us uh, people to come together with, a community to be around. Lord, we are thankful that in community, you, you, your Holy Spirit is here with us, that although none of us are perfect, you are, and you're here with us, and you allow us to, to just grow, to, to be better than, than uh, who we were. Lord, that, that we can know you more today than we did yesterday. And we are grateful for this community, Lord. We are thankful for the roof over our heads, the seats we are sitting on. We, we are mindful of all of our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world who cannot do this, who cannot come together in public places. And we pray for them today. We are mindful of them. We do not forget about them. And every time we come together, Lord, I ask that you would just, Holy Spirit, just touch them. Be with them. Lord, that they would know that, that there are others who are praying for them. Holy Spirit, we invite you here with us that as we read the word that you'd give us understanding, give us the wisdom to apply it to our lives. Jesus, we declare you as Lord over this church, over this message, and over all of our lives. And we thank you for all you have done, all you are doing, and all you are going to do. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm coming out a little bit strong with this one. And uh, if you were here last week, that's what I wanted to recap, you kind of got a, a setup of where we're going, but at the same time, this one's a little bit stronger, okay? So, <laughs> whatever controls your tongue controls your life. And I know that's like, whoa, that's kind of heavy. <laughs> uh, for me, I asked my wife, who I kind of bounce ideas off of, I was like, does that sound too heavy? Is that like too vicious? And she was like, no makes sense. I was like, yeah, I know it makes sense, but too much, you know? But then, realistically, and looking at Scripture, it is what Scripture teaches us. Scripture teaches us, whatever controls your tongue controls your life. And, and this is where and this is what we're going to talk about tonight. This, we're going to break this down and understand this a little bit. Now, book, and in this book, it talks about how he, was, uh, he, he plays tennis. Now, how many of you ever played tennis? All right, we got a few. All right, I was thinking, like, I don't know if tennis is, like, something that's relatable here. So, tennis, all right? So, this guy's playing tennis. He grew up playing tennis. Not professional, but just learned to play on his own. And he kept playing through high school and college, and he, he got pretty good. You know, he was decent. He was a good tennis, tennis player. And so, uh, he kept playing for the physical fitness aspect of it after college. And he just kept playing with whoever he could. And while he was playing, he became pretty well rehearsed. And he was pretty good. And he could hold his own against some professional players. So he's playing with these professional players. However, as he played with them, he, he saw the obvious difference of how good they were and how much he was not. <laughs> so he could see that just in the details of what they did, they had more power, more speed. It was more precise. Everything they did was just better. And so in that, he, he recognized that they were better than him. So he asked his professional player friend for some pointers. And so his professional friend told him straight away, just start with your serve, you know, the serve part. That's, you know, you're not doing it that well. You need to work on these things. You need to move your body a different way. You have to move your arm a certain way. You have to hold the racket in a different way. You have to position your body in the right ways to make it a more powerful serve. And so he's just giving him this thing to understand. And he basically tells him, you need to relearn it. <laughs> you need to relearn how to make the serve. You need to relearn how to play tennis. 
You have to relearn how to do this. And, and the guy's like, okay. And he's like, like what, what are some things? He says, well, you hold the racket wrong. Just that alone. If you begin to hold it correctly, your whole game changes. And he was like, okay, that's hard. That's difficult. I've, I've been doing it one way my entire life. And then he told him, yeah, and then you got to adjust your body. Your body's not adjusted correctly. The way you position yourself. And so as he began to reform his serve, the racket felt like a foreign object. Because he had been doing this years, but he was doing it the wrong way. And so as he started doing it the right way, it felt like foreign to him. It felt like something that was unfamiliar. It was all new again. He had to readjust everything about him. And after all the years of playing and all the familiarity, all that did was teach him how to do the wrong thing (laughs) the whole time. And in this moment when he's talking to this professional player who is his friend and is telling him, you want to be better, you got to change some of the things that you've been doing. Some of the form you've had this whole time is all wrong. And so when we're talking about our speech, as we walk as a Christian, there are some things that have to be unlearned and reformed, reassessed and adjusted. Your pattern of speech and favorite topics might need to change. (laughs) Some of the things that you love to talk about might need to change. And the thing is this, that what happens is the Holy Spirit will begin to challenge you, to teach you you're doing that wrong. And you're like, but, but then what do I do? What do we talk about? And it just feels foreign. You feel like, I, I, what do I talk about now? I can't talk about everybody else's drama. <laughs> what do we talk about? The weather? <laughs> and, and your speech might feel foreign to you, the conversations. But the thing is, our speech and what we talk about indicates where we're at spiritually. It's, it's an indication of, of where we're walking. The more we talk about things that are not of God, the more it's obvious that we're just not pursuing him. The more we're trying to have conversations about God, about how do I be a better Christian? How do I be a better, you know, if you're a husband, how do I be a better husband? How do I be a better wife? How do I be a better just Christian? Like, how do I make these things? How do I do this? And those conversations are where we're at spiritually. They, they indicate. They're, they're a big sign of where we're at. James 1.26 says this, ESV. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. NLT says it this way. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. James has no chill. (laughs) James just tells you. He just says it. He just says it, you know, straight up. He's not attacking you. He's just telling you this is the way things are. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, this is the first part of this. You are fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. It's not about anybody else. He points it right at you and says, you're the one that's being played, player. (laughs) You know, that's what he says. You are fooling yourself. And then he goes further and your religion is worthless, meaning your expression of the way you say you love God and the way you live. It's worthless. 
You know, you could wear the shirts, the bumper sticker on the, on the, on the cars, you know, the, the worship music, you know, go to Fish Fest. <laughs> I'm joking, you guys. They all went last night. That's why. <laughs> so you, you can do all these things. But the reality is, is if, if, you're, um, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Don't get mad at me. It's what it says in the Bible. I read you two translations, ESV and NLT. Okay. John Gill breaks it down like this. He, he does an exposition of the Bible, so he kind of gets more in depth. And, and it's this, if any man among you seem to be religious, and he breaks it down like this, by his preaching or praying and hearing and other external duties of religion, he is constant in the observance of and who upon the account of these things thinks himself to be a religious man, as the Vulgate Latin, Syriac, and Arabic versions render it, or is thought to be so by others. So meaning like this, you could think you are religious. Others could think you are religious. That's how far he's going in this. He's saying others could think you are very, a very Christian. <laughs> That's scary, huh? Because we, we could act, you know? We know, we know what to do. We know how to play. You know, like, like oh, yeah, you got to be at church at this time. You know, don't show up too late. <laughs> don't show up too early because then you got to help. You know, like, you know, you know how to, you know how to just come right at, right at the right time. You know, did I make it for the donuts? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm joking. But you get what I'm saying, that you can act and you can think yourself to be a religious person and others can think of you to be a religious person and bridleth not the tongue. And then he goes further, but boasts of his works and speaks ill of his brethren. Meaning someone who is, is like, you know, well, I did this. You know, I did this. I did that. You know, I do this. I serve this way. And speaks ill of his brethren, backbites them, and hurts their names and characters by private insinuations and public charges without any foundation, who takes no care of what he says, but gives his tongue a liberty of speaking anything. Eee. Think about that. The, the liberty we walk in in our conversations. Just, we don't think. We just, bleh, <laughs> word vomit. <laughs> you just say whatever you're thinking, you know? And this is what he's talking about. Uh, the, uh, notwithstanding these, um, uh, liberty of speaking anything to the injury of others and the dishonor of God and his ways. There seems to be an allusion to Psalm 39.1, which says this. I said, I will guard my eyes, my ways, that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence. This, the writer of Psalm wrote this and he said this. I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. See, some of us, we don't even get thought to our conversations. But here we have this guy, the writer of Psalms, saying, I will guard my ways, everything I do, that I may not sin with my tongue. And then I will guard my mouth with a muzzle, <laughs> like a dog. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence, because I don't want to even talk about the things that could negatively represent who I am as a Christian. And then, you know, John Gill goes further, but deceiveth his own heart with his show of religion and external performances on which he builds his hopes of salvation, of which he is confident and so gives himself to a loose way of talking and saying whatever he pleases. This man's religion is vain. 
useless and unprofitable to himself and others. All his preaching, praying, hearing, and attendance on the ordinances of will be of no avail to him, and he, notwithstanding these by his evil tongue, brings a scandal and reproach upon the ways of God and doctrines of Christ. One quote says this, the amazing truth about the human tongue is it takes three years to learn how to use it, but it takes a lifetime to learn when and where to use it. Think about it. My daughter, she can say words, you know, (laughs) even my son, we're teaching my son. He knows how to say, excuse me. Okay. But he's learning when to say, excuse me. You know, Vanessa and I are in a conversation. We're going back and forth, like in deep thought, you know, know, I said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We're like, dude, wait, we're talking. He's like, but I said, excuse me. Yeah, but you have to learn. (laughs) It's the same with us. There are things we have to learn in our conversation, in our patterns of speech. And some people don't know how to control their tongue. Some people don't have a filter. They say anything in front of everyone with no regard as to what someone is going through. I would warn you, be careful how you speak of the church and other Christians in front of new believers. The things we say, the things we can say, just because we know about them doesn't mean we should be sharing about it. You know, there's a lot of negative things that have happened. You know, a lot of us know a bunch of stuff, but the reality is this. I'm not not saying to hide it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, oh, cover it up. Don't ever talk about it. Shh, just cover it up and nobody ever say anything. That's not at all what I'm saying. Trust me. I will very publicly say what needs to be said in any confrontational situation. If truth needs to be given, you'll hear it from me first. (laughs) But I'm not saying to cover it up. What I am saying is pay attention to what you're saying. Pay attention to what you say because people listen. That's the thing. Sometimes we forget. (laughs) All of us have forgotten the things we have said. Someone comes, remember you said that? I said that? No, that wasn't me. You know, you deny it up and down. They're like, here's the video. (laughs) And you're like, oh, shoot, that was me. (laughs) You know, you forget the things you say. And that's why you have to be careful with the conversations you have. Because it could go like this. I love Jesus. I hate all those stupid people. (laughs) Let's go to church. I hate being around people. (laughs) Jesus loves us all. And then you get cut off on the freeway. You know what? (laughs) You're not saying Jesus loves you. One quote says this, who cares for your beauty if your tongue is ugly? Who cares for anything else you talk about? And all the things you say, you talk about God, you know, like, oh, but, but Jesus this. <laughs> but you're saying all these other things. Who cares for, the, for your beauty if your tongue is ugly? Proverbs 17, 28 says this. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Guys, that's true. <laughs> it's true. There are some times you just sit back, you just be quiet, and people are like, you know, what's going on in your mind, bro? You know, like, I see you observing. You're in deep thought about this. I'm just trying not to say anything. <laughs> Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. This is what the Bible teaches us. So the opposite must be true. (laughs) 
that those who are always talking, always saying something, they're not considered intelligent. I even had a little rabbit trail where I was talking about, I, I was going to leave it out, but I think it's kind of necessary because we all, we all have that one person in our life who's like, you know, I just tell it like it is. You know, I'm, I just say the truth. You know, and they're like, you know, they don't like me because I tell them the truth. You know, and it's like, <laughs> really? Like, is that why they don't like you? <laughs> and, and you have, you have this attitude of like, you know, like they're God's retribution to speak truth and confront all issues of mankind, never looking at what's going on in their own life. And, and the reality of, of this, 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 what we're saying here is our speech and, and what we talk about is important. We who call ourselves followers of Jesus, James is speaking to us. The tongue is a dead giveaway to where someone is walking spiritually. The way they speak usually indicates where their heart is. Whatever controls your tongue controls your life. And some could argue, and you could say, like, I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. But we find irrefutable clarity on the subject in Scripture. (laughs) So you could argue with me all you want, but Scripture paints this picture that says that that's true. Whatever controls your tongue controls your life. James 3, 1 through 12, we're going to go through this. Okay, it's a little bit long, but let's pay attention because this is helpful for us. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So just for clarity... Scripture saying, if you can control your tongue, you're perfect. <laughs> so we all know this is a very challenging thing to do. In the moment when we just want to say it, we just got like our brains just say it, say it. <laughs> and you're like, no, like, I shouldn't say it. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, the scripture teaches us if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. We've said things on accident. You know, I, I heard um, one pastor talking about how he's made many mistakes as a pastor. He, he's, he's said things and, and said the wrong things at times. He said one of his worst mistakes was he went to a guy who had been part of his church for many years. And he said, how's your wife doing? And in that minute, he remembered he just did her funeral last week. And in that, it's, it's the mistake of what he said and he was just so like, I, I'm so sorry. But, but what I'm saying is this, we make mistakes. So I'm not telling you this to condemn you. I'm saying this so that you would understand the Holy Spirit is taking us somewhere away from where you used to be. Okay? For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Verse 3, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, We guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. Verse 5, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. 
Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Verse 8, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. We don't want to be mixed up in our speech. We don't, we don't want to uh, uh, cross over to different sides every time we talk. You know, it's a horrible thing that the people at work, the conversations you have with them, you would never have here. <laughs> it's a horrible thing. It should be a place when we're having the same conversations, when we're speaking maybe just about our walk with Jesus. Maybe we're talking about, yeah, I mean, we obviously talk about normal everyday things. Don't be weird, guys. <laughs> You know, with the donuts, good. You know, that's that's normal conversation. <laughs> you know, that's simple. But what I'm saying is this. There are areas that we have to learn to have this speech that is consistent with our walk with Jesus. James brings this challenge to us. It's an introspective examination. We look at who we are through a biblical lens. We take the Bible and apply it to our life. And there's a way to look at our lives through a biblical perspective. Meaning we can examine and look at what's going on in our life and begin to inspect and ask the question for ourselves, God, are you working on me? See, a lot of times we try to get defined by everybody else around us. You know, do you think God's working on me? <laughs> the question that, that you should be asking, Lord, are you working on me? Like, like what's going on? You know, I heard one pastor, uh, uh, it's, it's kind of a funny story, but kind of not. <laughs> But he, he shared a story of how it was a Sunday morning and, and you know, they're, they're shaking hands or greeting each other. And someone comes up to him and they're like, hey, pastor, did you did you know, did you know that this person was outside smoking? And the pastor is like. And he pauses and he just he gets real serious. He's like, I need you to answer me. Smoking what? <laughs> And, and the person in the congregation, well, cigarettes, of course. And the pastor, oh, praise God. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because last year he was smoking something much worse. So praise God that the Holy Spirit is working in him. And, and that story is it's very definitive of how we move closer to God, because there are things that we come from that when people hear and see and they're like, that was you. And then we get to this place and we're still not perfect. But we, but we can see that God's been working on us. We're still messed up. We still got some issues, but it's not where it was. <laughs> and, and even though it's still, it's still some, work, some ways to go, we can celebrate and say, Lord, I know you're working on me because it's not as crazy as it was. You know, we only have to call the cops once a month now. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. <laughs> The person that was complaining stared in confusion as the pastor celebrated and walked away. (laughs) 
And that's the reality of, of, like I said, how we walk. Our speech may still have some areas to work out. We may not be perfect, but we can begin to see that God is taking us from the ugliness that we lived in and is cleaning us up. I want you to turn to this scripture in your Bible and your apps, wherever you're, whatever you're looking at the scripture. It's not going to be up here, but it's Galatians 5, 16 through 25. And I want you to go there because I want you to read it for yourself, and I want you to be able to, to have it, to walk away with it. Galatians 5, 16 through 25. And this is what I'm talking about. We can begin to examine and inspect. Lord, are you working on me? Are, is there something different than who I was and, and what I was going through and what I used to be? And it says this in, in verse 16 of chapter 5 of Galatians. But I say, walk by the Spirit, And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And this is where we begin to examine. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Meaning our sinful nature. This is what it looks like. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so what I'm saying is that this is something that we can look at and examine in our lives to say, man, is my life this? Or is my life this? And this is verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so one of the things you could do and add, this is, this is your personal walk with Jesus. This is not, this is not for anybody else. You don't got to post it on Facebook like, oh, ding, I hit these two today. I messed up on this. You know, like, this is for you, okay? As you're going through your week, man, look at your life. Do you find yourself full of jealousy? Do you find yourself with, with sexually immoral thoughts consistent every day? Do you find yourself just <laughs> fits of anger, <laughs> impurity, Strife, dissensions, divisions, drunkenness, and things like these. Is this what defines your life? Or is it something that you could say, you know what? Yeah, I had like 12 of those. Now I'm down to like two. (laughs) That's where you begin to see God's working on you. You're not perfect, but God's working on you. You're going somewhere. And the fruit of the Spirit becomes more evident. You begin to actually love and care for people. You begin to have joy. You begin to have peace, patience, 
There's some sort of kindness, some sort of goodness in you. There's this faithfulness to know Jesus. There's this gentleness about you. And there's this one big one, this self-control that says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that anymore. How do we start to be led by the Spirit? Let me, let me give you the starting point, okay? Think before you speak. That's just that, just there. Just, just there. Think before you speak. Now, I, I have, a, um, with, with most of the messages, I type them up. It's, it's usually, I'm praying, God gives me what I, what I feel we should talk about. And then um, I write it out, and I read it back. I rewrite it. And so I have this, this kind of like ability to, to correct and edit. So I don't want to say that because that sounds aggressive, whatever. But not all of us have that in conversations. <laughs> we can't sit down and let me write this out before I respond to you. So what I'm saying is that it is a challenge. It is, it is difficult. It's something that's hard. The way you respond, even in your anger, someone says something, you know, and you're just like, ah. It's, it's hard, but the first thing you can do if you want to be led by the Spirit is just to stop and think before you speak. We pause and we really consider, does the result of what I will be saying or talking about bring about the fruit of the Spirit in my life or more works of the flesh? Does this conversation invite the Holy Spirit or push him away? That's, that's just a first thought. To think before we speak. And I want to I share this, and then uh, Pastor Mancha is going to come up, but <clears throat> I want to say this in, in the practical. Like, you know, all of us, we, we have our jobs, we have the places that we go to, whether it be school, whatever, whatever we're doing with our lives. But we go to these other places, and, and one of the things that I've, I've found that a lot of Christians uh, get caught up in is, is gossip. You know, they start speaking on things that they shouldn't even be talking about. You know, like you, you hear at work, oh, did you hear that this person, this, you know? And it's just like, oh, like, oh, that's juicy, bro. Like, you know, like, the, the, what do they say? Spill, the kids say, spill the tea. That's like the term now, right? You know, uh, they talk about that. But the idea is gossip, and, and we try to, like, you know, no, it's gossipling. <laughs> I'm gossiping them with them to build relationships so I can share the gospel with them. <laughs> and we get this twisted way of thinking to allow something that, to go on in our lives. You know, we say like, oh, no, well, um, we'll pray about it. You know, that, you know, just tell me everything and then we'll pray about it. And that's okay. There's some things we just don't need to know. Some things the Holy Spirit will tell you, you don't need to know that. Stop asking. <laughs> you don't need to know. And you just, you begin to understand that my life in every area needs to be centered around the yield and the caution that the Holy Spirit brings to say, think before you speak. Do you really need to know that? Are you inviting the Holy Spirit or are you pushing him away in this? Whatever controls your tongue controls your life. Let's stand.